0: This is The Elevate Podcast, where we have conversations to elevate your health, relationships, and soul. I'm Amanda Noga. I'm a yoga and Ayurveda practitioner. And each week I'm joined by my co-host, holistic health coach, Sarah Hopkins. So let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Elevate Podcast. This week we are talking about... Fasting a topic that I have a lot of personal experience with, and Sarah, I know you have a lot of opinions on but yes, first of all, how was your week?
1: Um, how was my week? yeah, it's I mean, we had a catch up session which went out on I think Saturday, and it was recorded at the beginning of last week, and now we're sitting at a week from that. Um, so, I would say the general sentiment is mostly the same around that. Um, just, you know. Around people, all the COVID stuff. All the COVID, all the Vax passports, all of that. Okay, crazy. so we were a little bit nervous
0: about putting that episode out. Slightly. Yes. Not as nervous as I would yes. have expected. But no. I didn't get one mean or disgruntled comment or, um,
1: you know, feedback? No, I didn't get, I didn't um, post it to my feed. I just posted it to my story. Um, But I did get a message from someone just saying they really appreciated it and could I provide some more links because, you know, I said that I would if anyone Mm. wanted them. So I did that. I just provided mostly just like PubMed sort of Lancet published sort of stuff just like the Mm -hmm. black and white um but that was it no I know I I got another message from someone else saying they really appreciated it um and enjoyed it so that was nice yeah
0: I got a few messages like that like on the kind of appreciation end of the spectrum maybe I mean it wasn't explicit as to like if they agreed or not but that's really not the point of the episode or or my kind of um motive at all. Not I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. But yeah, I was just like really relieved in a way to see that I mean obviously we know the elevate listeners are the best ever. But (laughs) there's so much talk about like oh things are so divisive and there's so much hate and trolling and blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, we didn't get any of that. That's really nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think like fundamentally you know if we can if we can try and remember what we were talking about in that episode where it's just like about coming together and listening to each other's um, lived experience and humanizing it, I think where the trolling and the meanness comes in is mainly online. Like I know mm-hmm. if I look through if I look through someone's comment, you know if I if someone decides to speak their opinion either pro or anti or whatever you know if you scroll the comments you're gonna see some nasty shit um Mm -hmm. or some judgmental stuff but you know like most normal people are not going to say that stuff to your face yeah
0: because
1: when there's a
0: real established relationship with the other person whether that's you know family member a friend a colleague someone that you know in your real life community there's so much more innate respect yes but when someone is just a 2d image talking head online there's no real
1: relationship there That's right. So I think, I think if we can go into, I mean, we were just talking about this offline. So it seems like a nice little segue. But if we can, you know, keep connecting with people in person as much as we can, um, then we're probably going to have, you know, a more fulfilling experience of this, in inverted commas, polarizing situation that we're living through
0: totally and something that I kind of realized over the weekend that I I really want to kind of commit to is I just had this moment of seeing the seeing through the illusion that we are divided and that we are polarized and I just see that is such a story that is being spun right now. And it's not mm. the actual deep down truth. Like, maybe, yeah, there's, you know, people's egos getting flared up, and there's, you know, like we said, there's trolling and there's blah, 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 divided sides, all this sort of polarity. But we as humans, our natural state, our innate quality is connection and is unity. And I'm just choosing now after, like, having this realisation over the weekend, I'm like, I'm not buying into that story of division. I'm choosing to remember that we are actually unified no matter what all this shit on the surface is. If we get down below all of this turbulence on the top of the water, underneath that is this, like, infinite reservoir of connection and of Yeah, unity and we have to just remember that like this is such a brief moment in time and it's bringing up a lot of shit for a lot of people as it should because a lot of shit needs to be seen and heard and understood and felt we've been in numbness for so long and we were just talking like you said previously off air maybe we should have just pressed record right at the beginning of our conversation (laughs) but you know there's there's major grief being felt. We're grieving for mm. so many different things and grieving for things that, you know, have nothing to do with COVID, have maybe are things that are not even from this life. Like, collectively, we are grieving, and that's good. Like, one of the most impactful teachings that I've ever received in my life was or is this understanding of the cascade of emotions. And it's something that I teach. A lot about in my online program and with my one-on-one mentees. But this cascade of emotion, I won't go into the full thing right now, but basically we're going from a state of numbness, not feeling or denying our emotions to grief, which is kind of like the bottom of the barrel. But the idea is we want to get to grief as quickly as possible. We want to move through all of these emotions of you know, feeling the fear, feeling the pain, feeling the anger and getting to the grief because Underneath the grief, which is actually really necessary for us to feel as humans, is compassion. Grief unlocks compassion. And so if we can genuinely allow ourselves to get to the grief, underneath that is gold, is the compassion, forgiveness, you know, these qualities that are innate to us as humans. Mm,
1: I love that. I definitely have been grieving, <laughs> so you know that's that that feels super appropriate for me right now.
0: Mm. yeah, I think it's valid, totally valid.
1: I mean, I think you know the thing I was talking to my mum about this, and she was saying, This is like we haven't really experienced our generation hasn't really experienced any sort of global cataclysmic event, right? Like she was saying like they had the Vietnam War and obviously like Australian men were conscripted and obviously, mm. our, you know, our, our grandparents have had World War II and, you know, prior to that, whatever. I feel so, like
0: 9-11 was pretty cataclysmic.
1: Yeah, but I think, yeah, I agree. But maybe not on this, it's
0: not as. It's not as personal.
1: And it didn't affect us as directly. It was very, it was very directed towards just the US. Mm. Like we, obviously, we were affected by it be, from a terror mitigation. And not being able to take more than a hundred meals onto a friggin' yes, place. and being scared of terrorists. But apart from that, like you know, it apparently it unified Americans like no other time. But it didn't do that. Like this has, you know, this is. So mum was sort of saying, this is your global crisis. Mm, this is you our know? World War II. Yeah. Um, I see that. True. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Because we do, I mean, we we have different pain points, a lot of us. Like some people are separated from loved ones. Some people are affected by COVID. Some people are in absolute fear and panic about COVID. Other people are affected by the mandates. There's all these different pain some points. Some people are in financial you know, disarray yeah some people are many many people are in um mental health crises you know mm-hmm. but it's a, there is a unified experience of this global pandemic
0: yeah totally agree I can see parallels in that for sure and yeah we're just in it right now we're in, yeah. we're in Kali Yuga. Like this is something that's kind of giving me comfort is this is all in the Vedas. This is kind of like predetermined in a way. This is known to be, yeah, what's known in the Vedas as Kali Yuga. It's the Dark Ages.
1: When's this it going to end? Come on, open well, those Vedas up and tell us now. <laughs> Well, that's the
0: thing. It's quite a long era. It's like hundreds of thousands of years
1: oh god okay what so when we're just in it
0: right now we're in the soup we're in the like if we're like the little worm turning into a butterfly we're just in our little soupy cocoon right now
1: yeah totally but anyway we're here to talk about fasting We are. That's enough of an update. Although, do you have any before we talk about fasting? Do you have any updates from Bali, or is is it have we covered it in the last seven Um, days? Well, something I did yesterday that I've actually been
0: meaning to tell you, um, just directly, (laughs) but I'll tell you now, is I have over the last year or so gotten into sugaring. Is that a thing okay. in Australia? Yes. What the hell is that? Okay. It's, it's like waxing but different. Sugaring, is like they get this big ball of sugar, like melted sugar, and you rip off your hair. With sugar? Yeah. It's really amazing. Like they you kind of like roll the ball of sugar in, in their hands and it gets like warm and sticky and then you just like – slide it up your leg and then <laughs> rip off <out> the hairs. <laughs> and I, but- I feel really liberated because I have done away with shaving completely in the last year and I haven't bought any of those because the reason I started was like I refuse to buy these shitty plastic razors mm. and pollute more in Bali, right? Yeah. Because, I don't know, when you're in a small island, it's just it feels a lot more pronounced. Yes. Yeah our impact and production of waste and plastic particularly so i was like i'm not i'm not participating in these plastic razors anymore and i know you can get re you know refillable like proper metal razors but that's just a bit of a faff right now here i don't really know even where you'd get refills so anyway i've turned to sugaring there's no waste because you know it's all natural there's not even any wax strips like you know when with old uh, school yes. wax, you have like all those hundreds yes.
1: of little strips, pieces of paper. Yeah. I mean, so there's
0: none of that. And it works really well. So, if this isn't a thing in your um, place of residence, I would start a business in sugaring because it's epic. <laughs> and yeah, I just do my lower legs, my armpits, my bikini line, my eyebrows, and that's it. Wow. That's that's my update.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, I don't have anything else to update, I don't think, for this week. It's just been getting um, a little bit busier over here, I think, because the weather's warming up. So I've been seeing quite a few new clients.
0: People are coming out of their hibernation. They're
1: coming out. It's still cold, but um, I feel like people are starting to realise that the warm weather is imminent That's
0: nice. So speaking of – It's funny how like how mild the Perth winter is but how much people feel it. Like people literally in Perth, it's like the weather just drops below like 20 and people stop going out for like
1: three months. I know. I know. And obviously like you were saying offline, we also – everybody was mad about Halloween this year. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween? Yeah. From what I can see on Instagram.
0: It seems like Australia has adopted Halloween with full force and it seems very weird to me. <laughs> but I did get into this Halloween reading and learning a little bit more about the actual, like, original pagan kind of rituals. witchy origins of <clears throat> Halloween and what's actually all about and it's,
1: yeah, it's pretty cool. It, does, it doesn't really work in our, our hemisphere. To be honest, because it's meant to be done like as a ritual into the changing of the seasons and sort of the beginning. Yeah, of going the into dark the dark. Night. Night. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, all Hence, of the, the holidays mountains. don't make sense in Australia. Yes. No, the snow at Christmas and the bloody yes. Easter eggs in the middle of autumn. Like it's <laughs> it's all messed up. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, true. Let's talk about fasting.
1: Let's talk about fasting. <laughs> Oh, so many things to talk about. I I feel – I was thinking about this this morning and thinking, you know, we could have probably called this topic like crazy dieting trend <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just like thrown keto in there, thrown, you know, all sorts of things in fasting. there. Intermittent fasting. Well, intermittent fasting will definitely be bundled into here, but I feel like – Fasting is the one that is penetrating and is highly popular and is also... Well,
0: yeah, fasting is like, and I guess you can say like when we say fasting under that umbrella is, yeah, like juice cleanses, intermittent fasting, like you said, kind of keto, any kind of extreme-ish diet. It's that version for our generation that like the Atkins diet was in the 90s
1: wait let's just let's just just um clarify that even a bit more so when we say fasting we mean yes intermittent fasting um like maybe condensed eating windows that a lot of people do where they don't eat from dinner time until lunchtime the next day um you know water fasting obviously you've got lots to say about that Juice fasting, and then also just like your stock standard, like accidental fasting, or like regularly skipping breakfast or meals. Mm. They're all they're all they're all different flavors of the same thing, which will yield the same result, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I guess there's
0: a spectrum of why someone is choosing or is unconsciously dropping into fasting
1: and it yes. comes
0: from it kind of ranges from thinking that it's you know a beneficial way to eat or not eat <laughs> to structure meal times or to detox and then i guess the other end of the spectrum is like really a cover for dysfunctional eating yeah. habits yes or like and I guess disordered eating but disordered under the guise eating. of health. Yeah, of health and wellness and it's kind of like there's like the the term greenwashing it's sort of like well washing
1: of 100. unhealthy relationship to food yeah and I think I think the problem now that it has you know really penetrated the mainstream like there's like doctors like Dr Michael Mosley who's obviously like you know the darling of the ABC and that sort of set you know that have and and lots of other sort of inverted commas you know scientifically credible people that are talking about the purported benefits of fasting and so it it's a You know, if you went back a couple of decades and you were just like skipping meals all the time, that would be – you wouldn't have been able to just say, oh, I'm fasting, it's good for my health, and people would have just been like, no, no, you're just like – you're starving yourself. But now it's like if you just say, oh, I do a condensed eating window or I do my morning fasting or I do intermittent fasting or even water fasting, which is extreme – People are like, oh yeah, yeah. I've heard that's really good for you. Like, it's it's totally socially main, acceptable. Totally socially acceptable and a hundred percent mainstream, and uh, and now literally correlated with like an up level of one's health. Mm-hmm. And I actually would argue that it's the opposite of that, but we'll we'll get back to that. No, um,
0: let's get into it now. Do you want to unpack for
1: us why?
0: you think it's not good for our health.
1: Okay. So, you know, they're, so they're, the people that are sitting on that side of the fence where they have shown through research or whatever that there are these um, beneficial benefits. So um, the word autophagy is one that people tote around. So like, a, a, or maybe they'll even say- I might never food. heard that word. Yeah, I I should have looked it up what it even means. I can't even remember. I've heard it that many times, and I'm just like, oh my god, okay. But basically, like it, um, or like mitochondrial improvement, cellular health and improvement. Like they're the type metabolic advantages, which is literally the opposite of that. But the you know, firstly, a lot of the research is done in males. Like Michael Mo- a lot of the Michael I think Moseley's, that's really interesting. Yeah, like a lot of Michael Moseley stuff is done in males, and males do tend to, to potentially respond better to fasting because you know, probably from an evolutionary perspective, they may have had to fast. A, a woman who is in her fertile years, if she's fasting, she's in she's going to downregulate fertility, right? we've We've talked about this ad nauseum if there's not fertility an abund- being a marker of optimal health yes so if there's not an abundance of food and also an abundance of nutrients available mm-hmm. in the perceived external environment so you know that the, the body's perceiving you know the the availability and type of food based on what it's being exposed to so if there's not an abundance of food then the body will sort of dial down the the things that would make it optimal for conception because it's it's not there's not enough food for the mother let alone for her to carry a, a child so so the, so a lot of the studies tend to be male focused which of course are going to give them a better result and but a lot of the popular
0: proponents of fasting
1: and men. this like
0: kind of extreme morning routine Amen. Yes. It's men. just a totally different experience when you're in a woman's body,
1: and obviously a lot of our listeners are women. So you know, I think it's relevant for us to talk about that. But you know, there's a, a circle of people that I follow and sort of have integrated. I, I had already integrated some of the philosophies because they align with some of the Czech philosophies, but they're called. The, their fun their sort of little niche in the health and wellness world is metabolic health, right? Um, and so they're it's a lot to do with thyroid function, but it's really about your metabolism is basically mm-hmm. your body's ability to perform all of the physiological functions with adequate energy requirements for that to occur. So it's like so everything when they talk about metabolic. Function is really about just like cellular health so does that make sense like if the body has and 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 the i guess the premise is if the body has enough energy to do everything you will have a good metabolic function and if it doesn't have enough energy to do what it needs things will be prioritized and other things will be deprioritized and that's where you get um like a potential slowing down of one system if that makes sense does that make sense so they look so at every. could
0: we say like if you have a slow metabolism you that's your body telling you that you don't have enough energy to digest and to do for your cells to do all of the functions that they are required to do
1: yeah, I mean a good example would be digestion. If you have a poor so basically they look through everything, they look at everything through the lens of healthy metabolic function, which is basically cellular health and function. So if you have poor digestion, rather than it being specifically about your diet per se, specific foods, it might be that you're not giving your body enough energy because digestion is a metabolic process the first thing it needs is that energy to actually create enzymes to break the food down in the stomach and, you know, for peristalsis to occur and all of those things. So everything becomes a metabolic process, yeah? Mm -hmm. And so these people have looked at some of those studies and actually pulled them apart and said basically what happens when you fast whether you're male or female, is that your body goes into a state of emergency because we are designed to find food. Like if we go back to like the basic sort of required roles of a human mammal, it's like, you know, find food, find shelter. Forage. For, gather. Find, yeah, find food, find shelter, find a mate, procreate die (laughs) like obviously we've you know we've made it so much more complex than that so you know if we don't have one of those things and particularly in terms of like safety which food is then our body will uh sort of accommodate for that so the thing that happens send
0: its energy into other directions
1: correct and the thing that happens pretty quickly when you're not eating is that you get all of the stress hormones become elevated and so a lot of people actually feel really good when they fast and the reason they feel good is because they're getting like big spikes of like cortisol and maybe adrenaline as well and Mm -hmm. so that like it makes them not feel hungry because they're in that like you know, um, survival state. Suppressed appetite. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes, um, it gives them energy. Cortisol is like a big spike, you know, adrenaline and cortisol. They're like big, like spikes of energy. They, they also, you know, mobilize glucose into the bloodstream and they, they give you all of those things. So, you know, that's great. That's why people feel good when they're fasting. But the, the downstream effect of that is that you've just, Put your body into a state of stress so okay so let
0: me let's put it like this let me tell you the story that I would have told myself and told anyone that would listen <laughs> when I was uh really keen on fasting and when I was doing fast very regularly and I would say in a pretty extreme way and then you can tell me what right. was going on yes perfect okay So I'm doing a juice cleanse, (laughs) woohoo! And you know, maybe the first like day or two is a bit of like mental adjustment, Mm -hmm. and then hit day three, four, five, seven, ten.
1: I think I've done, you know, like
0: (laughs) I mean, I have I have done a forty day uh, fast before, so you know, the it just goes on and on. Just juices
1: or water? Water.
0: Far out, Amanda. Oh, that's crazy. So it is a little bit crazy, but okay, so this is what I was feeling. I'm feeling so high. I'm yep. feeling super energized, light, like spontaneous, <laughs> super clear, excited. Basically, what I can read now as major
1: vata excess. Which is stress, right? Your body is just absolutely high on all of those hormones because your body's in absolute state of emergency dan andrews watch out state of emergency (laughs) (laughs) just uh, it's just you are on what the reason it's in that state is because it wants you to be so heightened and so hyper alert because it wants you to just find food (laughs) basically what's like kind of exciting when you're on a fast like that
0: is you do become hyper aware and Mm -hmm. so you feel like oh i'm so much more productive i can see you know like even down to like kind of like uh i i really wanted to stop using the word woo woo because i just find it's really annoying but yeah but super aware of like synchronicities and like magical stuff happening, which to me, like I will, I will hold true to I, that is part of that hyper-awareness that can be really amazing. <laughs> but what is also the flip of that is this heightened anxiety. Yes. And like inability, like this kind of wired feeling. Yes. It's not a sustainable high. It's not a it's not level. It's not and it's not grounded. No, it's like very heady, very like um fleeting. It's a fleeting
1: burst of real yeah, this heightened energy. Yeah, so you can see why that's appealing, especially in the world that we live in now where it's all go, 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 do, 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 mm-hmm. you know, have, 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 perform, 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 it really I mean, appeals. I was so
0: excited because I was like, yes, I've I have, like, discovered the hack of how I don't need sleep.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> because you weren't sleeping while you were fasting as well? Yeah, because I was just
0: super wired.
1: Yeah. And I thought
0: at the time, this is fucking awesome. I can do stuff day and night. I have cracked the
1: code on being a human. Oh, my God. It's just – it's so – because I was going to say, you know, I wasn't sure what your experience was going to be like, but I was – you know, if you were going to say you slept so well, you had these amazing days – you know, when you're, when you're deprived of nutrients and your body is in absolute, like flashing red light state of emergency, you're definitely not going to sleep. And, you know, sleep is a metabolic process again, like it requires energy because sleep is an active process. It's not passive. You're not just resting unless you're like nearly dying. Your your body is, you know, doing a lot of work at the time that you sleep. That's why sleep's so totally. important. So like you're not gonna sleep. You're not even gonna get that restorative, um, physiological rest that you need because your body doesn't have the energy to do that.
0: No. And so, I just to be clear, I'm totally on board with sleeping and eating now. Yes,
1: I know. <laughs> but you I'm know, just, yeah. like, highlighting
0: the yeah. story that I told myself and I I know a lot of other people. I mean, still a lot of people in the circles that I'm in do uh, it. Yeah, I, I yeah. was telling that story. And, you know, I can see, I can I can just relate very, very honestly and very clearly. Like, yeah, I was super creative. I was super in tune. All of those things. But at the end of the day, it wasn't sustainable. I was, and I think I was actually a very lucky person to be doing all these experiments on myself at such a young age and in, you know, pretty much like give or take perfect health. If I had had any kind of underlying or even, you know, chronic health thing going on at that time, I would have had a very, um, I would have got to the crash a lot quicker, I think. But because I was, you know, pretty young and healthy, I, yeah, I kind of, like, got away with doing these crazy experiments on my body without there being a huge fallout. But I think for a lot of people, especially if I'd done it now,
1: I would have a totally different experience. And I think also, like, for you, like, knowing your dosha, like, your constitution in for those that don't understand the doshas which is probably no one that listens to us by now but because of your Kapha dosha because of that really robust constitution you also mm-hmm. have i got away with it yes definitely definitely but
0: mm-hmm. you know um, and it, I can see in myself and I can see in people around me in my community that are really into fasting. Of course, here in Bali, everyone is, you know, into this sort of stuff.
1: But juicy, I can recognize,
0: yes. yeah, I can really recognize, like, the high anxiety, the overwhelm, the inability to make decisions, the, you yes. know, feeling um, you know, just totally flooded by emotions and you know that lack of resilience and lack of grounding ultimately that comes when we're doing these fasts
1: yeah and you know like I'll often I was just thinking about this yesterday because um you know I'll often have clients maybe at the first appointment or so uh, you know will often come in and cry when we start talking about why you're here you know what are you wanting to work on and improve and oftentimes they're they're doing these things and they're they're starving. <laughs> well, mm. they don't see that, but they have really um, low blood sugar and they haven't eaten. And maybe they're in my office and it's two p.m. I think I had that yesterday, mm-hmm. and they just actually hadn't eaten anything. And it's like. You know, I've done that so many times. Well, let's just think about our kids for a minute, right? Like, how many times has Sage, and I know with Raphael, a million, um, has Raph had a meltdown, like a full blown, just really irrational reaction to something. And then I've gone, oh, wait, it's been over four hours. (laughs) And then you literally give him something to eat. Different baby. Just that is what's happening. Just yep. so many people and they're not even aware of it, like even if they're just skipping breakfast. You know, I see so many people and they're just chronically anxious and, um, you know, really stressed by everything. and, and Yeah, and, overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and it's just that they're, you know. Hungry. Skip, they're hungry. If they just <laughs> ate a beautiful breakfast when they woke up and, and then stopped and had something four hours later and, and, and four hours after that. They just would. All of these seemingly gigantic issues that they that they're crippled by would disappear. What do you say to someone who says, "I'm not hungry in the morning"? I say that um, that's because your stress hormones ramping, are ramped because you've you're in a habit of that, and you need to. Um, start to eat and you'll find that you build your appetite back up. And that means that you're not producing those stress hormones that are suppressing your appetite.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I so mean, if- I've had this just recently,
0: like in the last few months of really not being hungry in the morning at all. And that's was, um, in the lead up to me doing my panchakarma that I spoke about, um, in our episode last week and the catch up and, actually did a whole IGTV kind of recapping my Panchakarma if you want to go on, hear more about it. But one of my things, one of the things that was, um, I guess, upsetting me and like a sign to me of, okay, something is not right, there is an imbalance, was I was just so not hungry. I had no appetite. But within a mm. few days of being at the Panchakarma place, centre, suddenly I was hungry in the morning again because I, you know, had rejigged all of my eating patterns and also the stress hormones. Like you said, I was actually by like I, after doing my yoga practice, I was hungry at 8am, which previously that was not the case at all. Like eating yeah. food at 8am would have made me feel sick. sick.
1: Yeah. So not feeling hungry or feeling nauseous are signs that your blood sugar is dysregulated and that you're running on stress hormones. And it's, it's so unbelievably common for my clients. It's like it's so many people just are telling me that they're not hungry in the morning and so many people are skipping breakfast. And to add insult to injury, they're having a coffee. I know. That's it's all like that they're having. It's like
0: the perfect storm. And I, I have done this for years really yes. that that is my like go-to default when I am out of balance is that mode mm. not eating I, dumping a coffee that basically suppresses the appetite even more and increases the stress hormones even more and the story I tell myself is oh I actually feel better after I've had a coffee I feel more capable I feel like okay, I can do the day now
1: yeah, of course you do because you're running on adrenaline and cortisol. Of course. Mm-hmm. Those those hormones are awesome. They give you like it's not that different to like Dexies, speed, to bed. like it's the same feeling. You know, appet- appetite suppressant, loads of energy but that can become uh, you know, a, what's that? Like wired out sort of Yeah, it's over time. tired and
0: wired. Yes. And it feels completely disconnected. It's just a heady, yes. like everything above the heart is racing, and there's a total disconnect from the lower body and the ground. This is like how it feels for me. But when I'm in a more kind of healthy, balanced, sustainable flow of eating and you know, energy and sleeping and all of that stuff, I feel this connected force of energy coming through my whole body that is so much more sustained and steady and powerful and enjoyable it's not just like this yeah living from the head up and like go 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 go, go, go like just going forward yeah. a million miles an hour it's like actually being grounded and present and embodied yes. yeah just feels completely different
1: And I want to talk about also, and I've done IGTVs on this as well, so maybe we'll link all of the different, you know, things that we're referencing here in the the show notes. But, you know, there's also some other downstream effects of, doing this whether it's like a condensed eating window or whether it's a um, accidentally skipping meals um, you know whether it's intentional or unintentional accidental or purposeful there's some downstream effects in terms of the way you're going to eat for the rest of the day and I've seen this Mm. also time and time again so when you're skipping a meal you're gonna have all those stress hormones keeping you not hungry and feeling stressed out and all of the other, you know, side effects, anxiety and things that come with that. And then, you know, at some point, because you've also released a lot of um, glucose into your bloodstream because your body's in a state of emergency, and at some point the your blood sugars are going to s- go down like a roller coaster. They go up in mm-hmm. response to the spike in your stress hormones and then they're going to go down. And then your body is literally going to say, hey, I need you to get some sugar, ASAP, because we've we're just dropping down to like bad levels. So so many people, like literally hundreds of people that I've worked with, will say that they have uncontrollable sugar cravings and urges for, you know, and sugar and starchy foods, which, you know, starchy foods are yeah. fine. I'm I'm not belittling those or saying that they're not, but they will binge. And whether that binge is like, you know, after they've eaten their you know, in inverted commas, healthy lunch, whatever that might be, they'll then binge or eat a whole bunch of shit that they wouldn't have otherwise eaten because their body's trying to replenish those glycogen stores, those glucose stores. Mm. It's trying to compensate for what was depleted.
0: What was lost and in the morning.
1: So it's like it, it, you've done yourself a disservice on multiple levels. And so, you know, people that, that fast and I've, I've experienced this myself even accidentally on days where I've, you know, we've all had those days where you get busy and, you know, like I'll never skip breakfast, but, you know, say I've had breakfast, but then I'm out and about all day and I don't have lunch and then I'll come home and, you know, I'll start just eating everything in the fridge, just grazing, just stuffing my face. And then maybe I'll sort of gather something together that's, you know, some semblance of a normal attempt at some sort of meal. And then I'll just be in the pantry again, trying to find, you know, chocolate or whatever. And I'll just end up feeling and, and and I can feel it in my digestive system because I've slowed Mm -hmm. all of that down. So then I'm not digesting it well. And I've just eaten a whole bunch of foods that I probably wouldn't have put put together and, I've eaten way more sugar and I'm feeling anxious and stressed and so mm-hmm. you know just it cuz that's all spiking through the afternoon
0: as well which in that's Ayurveda right. is the vata hours where we have lower digestive capacity
1: correct and and we don't we're also like we've taken away from our body's capacity to provide the energy for that digestive process right so it's, it's just, such a
0: perfect storm isn't it but you can see as well how you can spin the other story quite easily.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I can see why so many people want to do it. I mean, firstly, okay, I don't have time. That's the, that's the biggest oh solution God, to such,
0: it. That was a big draw card for me. Like, awesome. This saves yeah. time on, first of all, not having to eat food saves time. Yeah. Not yeah. having to prepare prepare or you know, find food, gather food. Not having to even think about what do I want to eat. Like all of I that know. is taken out of the equation, which is really yeah.
1: liberating. Yeah, totally. And so you can see the appeal. It gives you a big like if you're a if you're one of the A type personalities, you get all of that so-called energy and drive and and focus and all productivity yeah productivity and then you don't you've you've saved time because you're being super productive so you've just Mm -hmm. gotten up and like reward coffee you know and just like driven to work without any food so yeah you can see the appeal of it especially for certain personality types and Um, in our
0: culture
1: and in our culture but literally like if you just look at what it will do to the um quality of your eating habits and discipline for the meals that you do eat and also if you look at it um in terms of what it's doing to general general sort of metabolic function or health it's it, you know the the pros just are weighed totally outweighed by the cons
0: well it's it's almost a socially acceptable cover for binge eating it is it is that um without even I think most people are probably not intentionally doing that but that's the way that it's being received by the body
1: yeah I mean the other problem is that you know a lot for a lot of people are actually under consuming um, calories. And so you have like your basal metabolic rate, which, you know, obviously varies from person to person. You can easily look that up in a basal metabolic rate calculator. But you need a certain amount of calories to just perform physiological function. Like, like I said, sleeping, walking around, thinking uh digesting food um eliminating that food all of those things um you require energy for that and so you need calories for that and then on top of that if you're exercising if you're you know doing other things that are you know breastfeeding mentally demanding yes breastfeeding just living life if you're active you need more than that and so if you're eating in a condensed window or you're skipping one or two meals a day your ability to actually fulfill those caloric requirements is way harder and pretty much impossible and so you're running at a caloric deficit which means your you're running it's like putting a quarter of tank a quarter of a tank in the car and then just expecting it to drive for hundreds of miles and then wondering you know why everything breaks down when you're running you're running on empty basically that's a good well, analogy is, but
0: no it's a good analogy but and the analogy that I <laughs> always use and is always reflected to me in my actual life is my phone. I'm like, I never get above 25% battery. And I'm pretty <laughs> much always on 1%. And this is actually, like, I, as you can tell, I've had a big shift since I've karma Kamala. Yes. Um, my battery is now always full, <laughs> literally and <laughs> figuratively. But going back to what you were saying, I was reminded in my Panchakarma, such a, I feel like I've said that word like a billion times (laughs) in this episode already, but I was like re-reminded of exactly what you said. Like I actually need to eat a lot more than what I was eating. And I was shocked because I was eating, you know, these three pretty robust meals per day and with snacks in between sort of, um, and I actually lost weight, not that that was the motive by any stretch, but I was surprised because I was eating so much more and mm. and just feeling so much better, feeling so much more nourished and, yeah, that, again, that sustainable type of energy.
1: Well, one of the things that I always do with my clients is I get them to eat really regularly. And like I said, most of them come in and they – um they're fasting so many people like um just skipping breakfast because they're not hungry and all of the things we've talked about and i'll get them to eat and especially you know well not especially but if they're on if they're wanting to lose weight they'll say oh but i'm going to be eating more surely i'm going to lose weight and it's amazing how many people when they actually start eating regularly actually lose weight because like i just said Eating regularly is feeding the metabolic health of the body. When your body has the energy, it will then be able to do what it needs to do, which includes metabolizing things like fat and, you know, mobilizing. So, yeah, that's why when you were eating more food you lost weight and I had a perfect example of that recently with a client that had had some surgery and she was in hospital and she was Mm. a typical sort of yeah like under eater just didn't really eat she just wouldn't eat breakfast and might not eat dinner because she was um like lived alone and in hospital they feed you and it wasn't even good food but they were feeding her like breakfast morning tea lunch Afternoon tea, dinner, and maybe supper sometimes. So she was getting five to six meals a day when she was used to eating two, if she was lucky. Mm. And she lost, she lost like four or five kilos. Mm-hmm. And this was eating like cereal, and toast yeah, and you know, like not even the...
0: nutrient dense food that no. the body can actually use.
1: I, and it was just like, and and after her surgery, it was really hard to get her to eat that regularly again really really hard for her because that you know those old habits really die mm-hmm. hard and totally. and I I will say that working with clients and really that's the first thing I do is put structure around when they eat um one of the things that is one of the things that drops off and that they just that they forget about is that That seems to be such a well-trodden path that people will go back to that and, you know, I might see them and they've sort of gone back the other way and gained a bit of weight and aren't feeling as good and it's like, are you eating regularly? And sometimes they'll say yes and then when you break it down, they're not, you know, like. Yeah. So And that story
0: about the woman in hospital really like reinforces what we both always say. It's not even so much what the food is. That you're eating, but how and when you're eating it.
1: That's right. A hundred percent. And I it's remember It's such a big game changer. Like
0: <laughs> don't why don't people talk like why aren't we taught this? Especially Announce. for young girls. Like that was really when it started for me, like the poor eating habits. I would go to school without having breakfast, because again, not hungry in the morning. And this is I would say high school. And then not eat anything all day, maybe at lunch have a packet of Red Rock chips and a Diet Coke (laughs) and then go home and probably from like 4 p.m. just be eating nonstop until like 4 to dinner time and then maybe like some (laughs) snacks after dinner and like sweets or whatever and then stay up late. Like it's just such a cycle. I know. I, you know, no wonder these old habits die hard because we've. Yeah. If anyone's like me, been doing it since you were fourteen years old.
1: I know. I and I actually think the problem is that it's been normalised now. So you know, you can go Mm -hmm. to a dietitian, you can go to a nutritionist, you can go to most personal trainers. Obviously, you can turn to books. You can turn on the ABC and have a look at all of their, you know, shows about weight loss and, 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 and if you say to any professional, I'm going to do some intermittent fasting, I'm doing some intermittent fasting, you'll be patted on the back for that. Like it's actually. Oh, I
0: have seen all those people
1: and more and no one ever, ever said to me, you should eat breakfast. No, they, I mean, the people that are proponents of fasting, which like I said, has penetrated the mainstream and beyond that, you know, they're like, it's a myth that we need to eat breakfast. They're perpetuating that. They're literally saying, you know, that's not true. We know now that, you know, the body functions better if it just has a break at this time. Like I've, I've seen little clips of people saying that on the Dr. Oz show. Of course, You know, it's um, it's really not um, highlighted as anything wrong at all. And, you know, if we're to look at the big picture of where we are at, and again, you know, I think usually when we do talk micro and then we do look back at things from a macro perspective, like if we think about birth and industrialised birth and what that's done over the years and the pharmaceutical industry and, and health and wellness and all of those things, you know. Having people in a state of sort of stress and anxiety, and have them skipping meals and and, and having like that—that that is potentially it, it. Sort of it makes sense as to why a lot of humans are like the way that they are, that they're so easily triggered and so mean to each other. To come back to that sort of conversation at the beginning, <laughs> you know, everyone's like, just hungry. Everyone's hangry and <gasps> like anxious and like wired because they haven't eaten enough well it also is
0: reinforced by the way that we work now like I would say most people are working on a computer you know even if you're a yoga teacher any yoga teacher will tell you that most like teaching yoga in the actual class is five percent of your job like the rest of the time you're online um we're not like waking up and going out to the farm or, you know, doing, like, anything physical usually unless we're, like, deliberately doing some exercise in the morning. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's reinforced by the way that we work now. We don't actually wake up and need to eat this, you know, robust breakfast to, like, give us fuel for the day, but we actually do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (sighs) So
0: um, one other thing that, like, always... Comes up for me and was definitely like a required mental shift when I realized you know, uh, anyone that's listened to this podcast for a while will know that I was deeply attached to being a raw food vegan girl until I stumbled into Ayurveda and got schooled. And um, a big shift was something that was very unconscious but the idea and I think we might have talked about this a little bit in the body image episode that we did a while back but basically the the idea of like what can what can food do for me not what it's doing to me I was kind of in a mental loop of thinking that most foods are bad or that Mm. they're going to do something to me, Mm. which probably most like mainstream food is, quote, bad. I'm totally Mm. not in the mindset of thinking that foods are good and bad or, like, you know, any, like, moral hierarchy around good and bad when it comes to food. But, yeah, to... Like just to say it simply again, it's like what is the food doing for me rather than what is the food doing to me? And it's like almost this being a victim to, oh, this food makes me feel like this, this food makes me feel like this, whatever. Instead it's like, no, and this is something I guess that's come up for me more recently with starting to introduce foods to my son. And it's like, oh, this totally different attitude towards like, oh, what does this food do for me? Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah. And seeing that it's, you know, if, of course, if it's like healthy, whole, organic food, like it is sacred, it's divine, it's healing, it's so, it's so beautiful. Like there's nothing more beautiful than natural foods. And um, it's like such a gift, you know? It's, Every food that we eat is a gift and it's like helping our bodies in all these different ways and I guess I had that first realization when I actually came off that 40-day water fast and I started introducing foods again and I could feel very very tangibly the intelligence in the food communicating with the intelligence in my cells and there you know having this detailed exchange and once you have that experience of really feeling that and understanding that on a on a felt, sense, embodied way, it's something that you don't forget. And, of course, like, you know, just going through daily life, I'm not in that mode all the time, but it's something that's, yeah, it's just kind of like in me now, something that's understood that these foods are intelligent and they're helping our bodies and doing so many things for our bodies. It's not – we're
1: not a victim to food. Mm, definitely. And I, I want to say two things. Hopefully, I won't lose my train of thought. Um, the first one is, you know, very quickly, like from a digestive perspective, I can also see why a lot of people get attracted into fasting if they've got a lot of chronic digestive issues going on. Mm. You know, um, it's, it is much easier, like whether it's water fasting or juice fasting or, you know, just fasting, you know, in intermittent, it is. It, it does if you have a really um inflamed digestive system wherever it may be that you're experiencing that of course when you take away the trigger for that um that's going to feel elevating that's mm. going to feel like relief and I think um but like yeah uh, I
0: think just just to not make you lose your train of thought, but yeah, I think you're right. Most people are well, not most, but I think some people turn to fasting because they're not feeling good after they
1: eat. That's right, and I think that you know, again, to come back to some original thoughts around that that we've already, that I've already articulated is that you're actually making things worse. It's it's going to create. It's a bit like, and I think this was my second point anyway. Um, that you know, when you remove an entire macronutrient group, which is also a form of fasting, so if you're removing carbohydrates, which is probably the most common one to remove, that can that pretty much has exactly the same effect. So the keto diets of mm. the world, um, or vegan even, because you're removing like real bioavailable protein sources for the most part, so your, your body is also going to perceive emergency state of emergency and upregulate stress hormones because it's just trying to keep you alive until you can um find what it is that you need to put your body back into a state of homeostasis balance right Mm -hmm. um and so uh yeah now i can't remember where i was going with that thought but i guess um back to the point about digestion yeah ultimately when you're not providing your body enough energy to really create the healthy um, state of homeostasis that you need, you will never find that health and equilibrium in your digestive system. So, mm-hmm. and the same can be said about, you know, like de- depriving yourself of, of an entire macronutrient group. Let's just use carbohydrates again as the example. You know, your body needs glucose it needs that macronutrient it needs carbohydrates if you don't give it to it um again you'll see those downstream effects that we've already talked about
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I think what you were saying kind of ties into what I was saying as well like if you're eating and you're not feeling good after a meal it kind of ties into that oh what is this food doing to me and it's mm-hmm. almost like a, a negative like reinforcement loop that we get into of thinking that the food is bad or you know the way that we feel is bad after we eat or whatever but actually what that's highlighting is yeah something is up with our digestion whether that's there's inflammation, too much fire, or if there's not enough fire, if we've got, you know, low agni, meaning like excess kapha or excess vata, and then we see, just to tie it back to fasting, I can see in myself and in many, many people I know that when we are in that fasting state, yeah, we see all of these um, imbalances just get heightened, and, I just feel like it's something that I certainly wasn't taught or told, no. and it's like you say, so so common just to be living in this perpetual state of essentially hunger, being tired yes. and wired and stressed out. And it's such a simple <laughs> tweak just it to is. start eating regularly. It's just eat, it's, everybody. Just eat fucking food. <laughs> but it it is it does run deeper than that because well like I I said in my little like epiphany that I that I had was like it's actually healing our relationship to food on a deep level and whether that's you know what we've inherited from our culture and society whether it's tied to body image whether it's tied to the way that our mother's related to food whatever it's come from it does run deep and there I think yeah, I think I talked about this book in the body image episode, but there's an amazing book, um, "Women, Food, and God," and for women, our relationship to food is is fraught. And just to like tie it back even more, like philosophically, it's really our relationship to the feminine and to Mother Earth. Like if we if we see that food and really fruits and vegetables are the are the fruit of the earth, are the abundance, the gifts from Mother Nature, from Mother Earth, it's almost like a representation of taking the feminine into ourselves and being able to receive, being mm. receptive. And that's also part of that thread of, you know, what is this food doing for me? Like receiving the nutrients, receiving the nourishment, yeah. So many of us are walking around like malnourished in a totally abundant society. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like it's it's a
1: total mindset. I know. It's so um paradoxical. And mm-hmm. you know, just to sort of, you know, reflect or agree with and add my perspective on what you just said about that, you know, being an expression of the feminine. Well, again, like Looking through the lens of fertility, exactly like if you don't eat enough food, if you don't, if you deprive yourself of nutrients, if you deprive yourself of macronutrients, you will literally not be capable of conception, which is the ultimate sort of suppression of the expression of feminine, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, I think obviously through the filter of fertility, and I know you do to a degree as well, and it's like. You know, if you want to eat for fertility, which is eating for health, you have to eat all <laughs> the time. <laughs> mm. um, now we're coming up to an hour, so God, um, we can
0: really talk, can't we?
1: We can talk. We were going to do a listener question, but I think we might leave that for next week because we're, we've, I think we've run long enough in this episode. What do you think? Sure. Um, and on that actual, on the topic of today, I, my body is telling me that I need to eat some food. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't want to go too far into my stress hormone state. I want to keep my metabolism firing. Um, but do you have any closing comments, any other recommendations? Obviously we're not necessarily recommending in these episodes, but yeah, do you have anything that you want to close out with man's? Um, Mm -hmm.
0: I think if anyone's interested in the Ayurvedic way of eating and i.e. not fasting, <laughs> or actually I'll just say like if, if there is a time and sometimes it is appropriate for, you know, giving the digestive system kind of a break or giving it um, like a, a bit of relief if there is imbalance, doing something like a kitchery cleanse is what I really love to do I feel mm. like I need a reset, so mm-hmm. that would
1: be just eating straight up kitchuri for like three, four, five days. Maybe you can um, give me a link to put in the show notes of a recipe for kitchery. Yeah, we can do that. And I was going to say, if anyone's interested to learn a bit more,
0: definitely go and watch my IGTV that I did recently yes. about my panchakarma because I go into lots about
1: food there. Yeah, amazing. I'm definitely. I'm going to link to an IGTV about your panchakarma and also one that I did on. Yeah, why you should You did a whole fast. episode on fasting, I remember that. Yes, exactly. So we will link those in the show notes. And just a reminder to everyone that's listening to this hot off the press to jump on to the Elevate podcast, which is the underscore Elevate underscore podcast ID, Instagram, and f- um, just DM us and send us any questions that you would like us to answer in upcoming episodes. Yeah. And okay, that is love. a wrap. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the Elevate podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review so we can keep bringing these conversations to you all.